Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Denny Long is away one more week. He'll be back in time for the State Fair. Steve Thompson sitting in. Chris Rooney is in studio. Andy Prasky points unknown today. Uh <laughs> He he is out. He's on assignment. We'll leave it at that. How's that sound, Chris? That sounds good. Are you, how's your assignment going, Andy? Uh, boy, it's, it's actually really pretty up here today. We're up in Alexandria, and uh, I was going to call you from the pontoon, but it's a little windy today, so I thought I'd uh, just go up to the hilltop here and uh, call in. Perfect. You know, we know the market is f- finally, it's going to start changing. Uh, it's been a little, little. Uh, I don't know, I, slow might be a, a good word for it. Um, there's still stuff that's selling, but typically the, that whole July kind of start of August is, is slow, and now it starts picking up. That's for sure. I mean, I've, I've seen that across the board. Uh, showings were just slower. You know, we uh, have a pretty good-sized brokerage firm at Advantage Plus, and they uh, have, you know, literally thousands of uh, listings that are out there, and they it's just this time of year is just it's become more of the cyclical season where the you know, showings are a little slower and, and buyers are preoccupied. And then after the fair, I uh, predict we're going to have a great fall. Yeah. And it, it, typically I see it starts kind of before that, um, kind of like this week. Um, and we've we've started to see some showings uh, start coming in. So hopefully that's going to uh, switch here pretty quick. You know, Andy, you and I talk a lot about different programs and, and marketing uh, that realtors do. And, and there's programs out there like guaranteed sale programs or um, open door, which a lot of people know about, where they'll come in, uh, buy your house. And, uh, you know, and then there's obviously agents like us. We also brought in uh, Karen Mindek, who's with uh, Remax Preferred, and Cami Gerald, uh, also with Remax Preferred. So we're getting a little diversity in here, Toms. Awesome. Yeah, and, and now the question is... to watch is, yourself, Andy, now. Yeah. Andy, Andy <laughs> uh, how, how long are you going to hang around today? I don't know. I tell you, I just got all worked up when you start talking about some of those... Uh, investors but i um you know the thing is though is that they're there and that's the the reality of our marketplace is that as buyers as consumers we're changing we like one click orders we we are getting used to it and so the industries that can let that happen are trying to make that happen and that's that's really what those companies are trying to do is make a one you know click sale which is fine but just understand that you know for a lot of people that's the the biggest uh chunk of equity they have is in their homes and or their their net worth and and to give it away just to make it easy i struggle with because in real estate we make a as real estate agents as realtors we make a fiduciary responsibility uh they what is that the uh the vow of ethics if they will or the code of ethics we follow and the code of ethics says that we present the best opportunity you know in reality to our clients and i just want to make sure that when people head down that path of guaranteed offers or you know the the companies that are acting like real estate agents, they're really investors. And just to, you know, buyer beware, understand what you're dealing with before they come out. Well, and I think that's what um, people need to understand because in some situations it's not a bad thing uh, for people that might need to get out quick. But there's also something, and uh, we'll kind of bring in the the, the gals to um, Karen. Um, sometimes, I mean, these people's uh, – I mean, we talk about 
I mean, and this is a marketing thing. We talk about house and then a home. I mean, right. a lot of people see uh, their place as a home and, you know, just to kind of go and, hey, just give me a deal and, and I'm out of here. Some people don't quite feel like that. Absolutely. I think you'll find a lot of sellers who, to just put it out to an investor, um, you know, their house is a home. There's an emotional attachment and they want to be able to highlight and market some of the things that they've worked on throughout the years or put a lot of their time and money into to make that investment. And uh, yeah, and to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, sometimes, you know, when uh, Andy, you made a good point, you know, the kind of the click and we're talking about I mean, and that's what it is. You go on the computer and you basically put in all the details about your home Mm -hmm. and then they'll kind of shoot a price back to you within 24 hours. Now, keep in mind that price that you have there is also subject to someone coming out and looking at it. Cammie? Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's always rules with that for sure, Chris. You know, they um, it it looks good, kind of like on a pre-approval letter with a mortgage company. They give you the looks good offer until they actually put their hands on it and get to see it. A lot of times they're subject to um, conditional reports or they're subject to um, appraisals or subject to um, even a, a home inspection just to verify that what they see is what they're getting. Yeah. Cammy, you know, you work a lot on the, the east side of it, and, uh, and our microphone's not working. But uh, Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, we can. good morning. So you're on, yeah. <laughs> uh, but on the east side, you're starting to kind of see a lot of those guaranteed programs being enacted and, and yeah. bought. You know, I am. And I think probably across the Twin Cities in general, we're seeing a little more of those guaranteed offers. I think something to remember also, a seller, how many times have you walked through a home and a seller, you know, thinks their home is worth how much more? Or they give you, they, you know, they, they kind of think their home value is more than the neighbor's home that's sold. And so when you don't have a realtor that comes through with a personal touch and really understands the current local market, it's really hard to give an accurate list price. And also, maybe a seller has a few more benefits in their home, or maybe they don't have as many benefits as the neighbor. So really trying to figure out that accurate pricing is real important, I think, in this market. Like like uh, you know, Andy mentioned, appraisals are a big issue out there. So you know, with a competitive market and people bidding over list price, you have to make sure the you know, home is also going to appraise. Yeah, Andy, we talk about the, the appraisal a lot because uh, we've both ran into it and uh, prices sometimes they try to get renegotiated, you know, and uh, and it causes a problem because typically the appraisal doesn't come back until the end. Right. Well, Matt, you know, great point, you guys. Uh, when the appraisals are coming in, the, the, those investors, as they say, the guaranteed offer investor, whatever you want to call them, the, what they're doing is they're looking at the appraisal of the end buyer once they're done improving the property. So if they buy that property, and even if they get a great deal from you, they still have to do the improvements and be able to have that house fall into the appraisal window of what that house is worth in that neighborhood. And so that's that's the concern there. But that it, I don't know. I, you know, again, it's not a bad thing. It's just I always want I, I feel it's my fiduciary responsibility to our listeners to let them know that just an investor is an investor. They're there to make money. A lot of them are fueled with Wall Street cash. And if you're OK with that, God bless America. <laughs> Well, and I just wanted to jump in and ask all of you to to kind of get it, it. For me, it falls into the category of it sounds too good to be true. Andy, you made a great point. A lot of people have so much equity tied up in these homes. Why would you just want to give that away um, to avoid maybe having an open house or two? I know that's one of the things. Oh, you don't have to have an open house. You don't have strangers traipsing through your house. And it's kind of like, I don't know, when I when I sell my home, I want to maximize what I get out of that. 
Period. Well, well, I think, too, what you want is you want the most people looking at it. So sure. if only one person's looking at it and they're the ones that are buying it, you know, typically that's – I mean, that's not in your best interest. Right. But, you know, like well, it's, yeah. I always – I'm always one that I kind of stick up <laughs> for the other side. Um, and they have a program that is good for some people. Some people need to get out, you know, and they want to be gone and they want to be out of here. And they're willing to pay to be able to be that way, you know. I think the other thing that happens is that a lot of these programs, though, they don't fit every house. You know, there's a lot of houses that they won't purchase. Right. If they can't sell it and make money on it, there's no point. And so, like I always say, when you when you have somebody that will make you a guaranteed offer, they're saying they're so confident in the marketplace that they're willing to take a risk and buy that house knowing that they think it'll sell. Wouldn't that make you – I mean, and Steve, you, you kind of make an interesting point because I'm for the underdog too. And it gets to the point of where you think, huh. If they're willing to buy it and take that risk, why can't I be a little more patient, maybe put that coat of paint on there and a fresh, um, you know, roll of carpet in the family room and, and get that equity back to my family? Well, I think sometimes, Andy, what happens is people don't have that money, you know, to be able to do that. And then they think, oh, my gosh, it's not going to happen. But there's a lot of people. And I think that's what we're going to try to get out here today is to talk about maybe uh, alternatives uh, to that and kind of uh, – I don't know, your, you know, your traditional real estate deal. But there's ways in which to be able to help people, you know, um, with those repairs to do it, to be able to get their uh, most equity out of their home. We have a well, quick know, break, by the way, coming up, Andy. Okay. I was just going to say real quickly to end that segment, uh, you know, when you have, just remember, when you, you can have a real estate agent, a local agent hired, and you can have them sit down with you with those investors, and you can have them help you review those offers. So you can sit side by side and have somebody guide you through the process. And I think that's very important for the listeners to know is that you still can have a real estate agent involved in those transactions as long as they're representing you as a seller. All right. We have got more. Chris Rooney in studio. Andy Prasky on the phone. Karen Mindak in studio as well, along with uh, Cami Gerald. By the way, our phone number and our text line, same number. It's easy, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. And, of course, we invite your calls and texts on the program today. It is a real estate show. Saturdays between 10 and 11 a.m. here on the CCO. It is the Real Estate Show Saturdays between 10 and 11. And Chris and Andy will be at the fair with Denny Long next Saturday, next two Saturdays. Hard to believe the fair starts next Thursday already. Uh, we've got a great group in studio. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky on the phone. Karen Mindak and Cammie Gerald in studio as well. By the way, our phone number is 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We look forward to your calls and texts as always. Yeah, you know, we talked a lot in the first segment about the different guarantee programs and people buying it and stuff like that. I wanted to kind of hit on, um, you know, from a traditional agent standpoint and what we kind of feel is important or what we sell um, to people. And we think that's important to uh, people looking at their house. Cammie, why don't we, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I guess, you know, from my experience in, in working with a traditional real estate agent is you're hiring somebody for their expertise um, or their experience in the local market or the area in general. Um, for myself, you know, going through the buyer, maybe it's a home buyer process and working with a traditional real estate agent. Um, the importance can be something simple as going to the home inspection. You know, having a real estate agent that can help you um, break down your home inspection, understand what's going on with the property, things of that nature. Um, what do you think, Chris, as far as the home buying? 
Well, as well, representation. As, yeah, as far as representing a buyer, obviously. Um, see, I go with experience, just maybe because I've been in it a little while. But when I was first starting, it was like, hey, I've got all this momentum, let's go and energy uh, and be able to uh, get people in. But I think knowing what you're doing when you're negotiating a contract is a big thing, and I think. One of the biggest things, and I don't think it happens a lot anymore, is setting the correct expectations in a market. So if you're looking, um, Andy, we see it all the time, you know, and we get them on offers when we're getting like um, multiple offers and someone comes in and they're 5000 under and they're asking us to pay for their closing costs and they want our car in the garage. You know, their expectations weren't set very well. Hey, if you don't like my offers, Chris, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that was yours, Andy, but anyways, you can talk about that. <laughs> no, you know, I think it's human nature. We get into negotiating and we all get excited. And it's that's a part that I love is when it's it's the little victories for the client, right? It's that um, knowing what they want and helping you accomplish their goals. And I think that that's part of it. You know, like you're saying, being professional and, and having the knowledge of the industry I think, unfortunately, in today's market, everybody assumes that the real estate agents have that. And that simply is just not the case. I mean, you know, there's a lot of new agents entering the marketplace. And there's, I do believe, and this is maybe a question for some of our guys at the Association of Realtors, is, is to call out a little bit more of the experience level of who you're dealing with. And so that you can at least, if you match personalities, make sure that they match the skill set of what you really are requiring. I think down the day of a computers too. I mean, you're able to find out about agents pretty darn uh, quick. Not everything, but uh, you, you can uh, check them out. So, Cami, what do you think from on, on a seller's standpoint? That why would a seller choose uh, a look at a traditional agent over just taking an offer real quick? Where's, where's the value? Um, the value comes from, I would say, probably a few different components, but um, trusting the person that you're working with. For me, in my experience working with clients, they really like that personal where you come in, sit down, and they can give you a a tour of their home, and they can actually uh, get an opportunity to learn who you are and how you can best represent them if you have the experience or that relationship set up eventually long-term. I also feel as a real estate agent working with someone versus working with somebody online, um, you get a chance to, you know, figure out what their marketing plan looks like. You know, I think that's important when you're either a buyer or a seller, so they can help you from the beginning. Yeah, from the very know beginning. What yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, from yeah. the very beginning. Well, but it's yeah, it's true. A lot of people don't, and then all of a sudden they put on the market, and if it doesn't sell in the first week, it's like, oh, oh, price reduction. What do we do now? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Karen, what do you think uh, as far as uh, what's important for a seller or a buyer? Well, I think I agree with all of your thoughts on that, um, but. Looking outside some of the more obvious ones, I think that one of the skills that agents bring is having that emotional intelligence that you might not get from some of those online online yeah. markets. Right. Yeah, it's being true. able to have somebody you know assess certain situations and look at them from different perspectives and have that read on various buyers and sellers and even other agents, talking with other agents. Gosh, there's a lot you can find out real quick. And I tell people too, you know, because people there's, I mean, commission's negotiable and and people do have different fees for different things. And realtors, I mean, in general, people think, oh my God, look at how much money that you're getting. But it is a risk reward type of business too. You know, we're putting putting, uh, money out there and if it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell and we lose. And obviously we get rewarded 
if, if we don't. But I'll tell you one thing is what can happen in uh, negotiations. You can lose a, a percent or two or three or four percent real fast. And so if you got someone that understands that or prepares you from the beginning on, you know, so that doesn't happen. I think that's important. Cammie? Yeah, I agree with you. I think one of the benefits of something like these guaranteed instant offers out there is um, it kind of it hopefully will eliminate a little more of these part time realtors who don't maybe understand the market as well. Also, what it does is us as full time real estate agents, it's really kind of pushing us and puts a little more pressure on you to make sure you're responsive to all clients needs. Um, you're a little more responsive to market trends and things that are changing and um, having a, a much better relationship with other realtors that are on the market. I think that'll benefit your clients long-term. For sure. Text line 651-989-9226. Phone line as well, 651-989-9226. From our text line, what about realtors that advertise if you can't sell your home, I'll buy it. Uh, how does that work? Andy, you want that one? Yeah, I'd love that one. Um, the You know, when you get into a situation where Again, this is where when real estate agents are providing a service of buying something, it just I wanted to make sure that that agent is telling you, yes, your house is worth four hundred. It needs you know this many dollars worth the inspection or the repairs, and then I'm going to plan on selling it for around this number. And then as long as the homeowner that's selling that house knows that, I'm okay with that. Um, or you know, because right. what I worry about is the person that doesn't have. Uh, maybe they have a health concern or they're, they're on their way to, um, you know, maybe uh, senior housing or something where they, they are in a hurry to get it done. But that doesn't mean you have to give away all your equity. And so what I worry about is that if somebody overpriced the house and if it doesn't sell in that window and then all of a sudden they get to buy it at a really ridiculously low price, I'm, I'm concerned about predatory, um, you know, practices there. Um, of course, I'm kind of the, I'm trying to be Robin Hood here, and I, I know it's a big industry to be Robin Hood too, but it, I, I do care about the consumer, and I think that as long as you're sitting down with somebody you trust and they're guiding you and versus you're buying the ad. Don't buy the ad, buy the agent. Yeah, to- totally true. And I'll tell you what, you're, you're so right. When you, uh, us as agents, we have to tell you what it is. And so we can say, hey, we want to buy it, but here's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, I'm buying it for this. I think it's under value. If I put this into it, I think I'm going to get this, you know, and I've bought many of them, but that's exactly how you explain it. And I think we have to go to a break. Quick break. We have the weather and then much more here on the Real Estate Show today. Chris Rooney in studio, Andy Prasky on the phone today. Karen Mindak and Cammie Gerald also in studio today. And we invite your calls and texts as always. Here's that number, 651-989-9226. The Real Estate Show continues in a moment. It is the Real Estate Show Saturdays. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky each and every week. And, of course, they'll be at the fair with Denny the next two Saturdays. Karen Mindak and Cammie Gerald in studio as well today. Here's the number for phone calls and texts, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. And, Chris, we want to go to the text yeah. line here. Yeah, one of them, it says, is it a good time to get a real estate license? Thinking about ideas after I graduate in May. Karen, what do you say? I say, yeah, it's it's a good time to get a license, but you definitely want to take some things into consideration if you're going down that path. Um, for one, it takes a while to get your business going. So we were just talking Getting about that. Yeah, yeah, you may you may want to think about having a part-time job on the side while you're getting started. But the other thing is um, I think you really want to think about 
your brokerage and having a mentor, someone who could, who's going to be able to help you get started and get a little experience under your belt or someone to learn from. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to sell your first house? Well, I did have one buyer right away, but then there was a long period. Well, in between, anything. but you sold very, it quick. Cammie, yeah. how about you? Yeah, I fo- sold my first home within the first two and a half months of selling real, or you know, okay. becoming an official realtor. Okay. Um, only prior to that, because I I had previous real estate experience working in in title. Okay, um, sure. So people knew I was making that transition. However, Uh-oh. I no no no. I would say this though: if someone's <laughs> considering an, a career in in real estate especially right out of college, maybe something to consider while you're in college is doing an unpaid internship. That's basically what it's going to be like when you get out of college and you start your career in real estate. There's a lot of months maybe where it's unpaid um, ahead of you. Yeah, Andy, how long did it take you to sell a house? Well, funny story, Chris. I actually had to hurry up and get my license so I could do my first closing. Um, (laughs) So so wait a minute, Andy. They, They were lined up at your door, right? No, okay. In all fairness, I was working with some builders, and uh, I, I actually was in. I was a mo- what they call the model home greeter, and so when I had my full time job, I was just getting my toe in the water, as they say, with with um, sitting in model homes for builders, not selling or buying anything. But basically, what would happen is they would come in, and I would you know show them how awesome that house was, and then I had a real estate agent that was backing me up that would write the offers and do the whatevers. But it got to the point of where it started working out really well. And I decided to go and hurry up and get my license so I could actually, uh, you know, enjoy the commissions that come along with the fun of the hours. You guys, unfortunately, you guys didn't grow up in a real estate family like I did. And I had all this experience behind me and it took me seven months to sell my first house. So it was not good. So it doesn't matter what, where you're coming from, but like Andy had stuff lined up. But Cammy, I was going to say about uh, yours and kind of what Andy just said and how he started out. It's sitting in open houses, but right. there's hosts that can also sit in open houses. And since Andy did that, what thirty years ago, Andy? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. But anyways, <laughs> the rules were different then. Now, I mean, we can these these hosts can say a lot of stuff. If as as a broker, we give them the uh, ability to do that. Whereas before, Andy could, and I'm sure he followed these rules. He just handed him a piece of paper and said, yeah. "Do you want some coffee?" He's a rule follower. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you did, Andy? Yeah, well, yeah. The build, yeah. the builder would give us uh, what I could what I could say and what he was okay with. So there was a a limit on what I could do and say. But as a consumer, this is where I think it worked really well because it brought out that authentic excitement of the house. Like I was like. Oh my gosh! Did you guys check out that awesome kitchen? Can you imagine having a you know a big party here on a holiday and plenty of room for everybody to sit and lots of food and good smells and awesome places to you know throw the dishes and whatever, right? So it's like as I would sit there and just genuinely be like a consumer sitting in a model, I actually think it it's it's almost back to where I say agents in today's market are the most successful when you take that approach to the business, the the customer experience, how they're going to use that house. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're just somebody helping them along their journey, right? Yeah, totally. And, and being positive and excited, um, I always say Karin, Karin works with me uh, every day, poor thing. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, I didn't say that's, that. what, that's, that's what I always say. You always hear everyone loves Karin, you know, but that's but it is. It's because of the attitude and, and being upbeat and being positive to people. It's a stressful time when people are buying, their, buying or selling. 
Oh, yeah. It's a very stress, stressful time, and you really have to be able to read them and respond to them appropriately with that and help them feel comfortable throughout the process. Absolutely. Yeah, one, one of the things we talked about earlier in the program, uh, people hear the ads all the time about, we'll buy your house as is. And on the flip side, there's a traditional real estate agent relationship that we've talked about. But is there some sort of middle ground where people are like, I really don't have the money to fix up my house. I, I really don't have a way to put in the new carpet. Or from the text line, my garage floor is crumbling badly. Should I replace that before I try to sell? Is there a situation where maybe you could go to work with a real estate agent that could help you do those upgrades to maximize the sale price so everybody comes out in a good spot? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question to ask. We do hear that a lot out there. If somebody doesn't want to go to that instant sell, you know, buy or sell program out there, and, you know, and they have a real estate agent that comes in and then, you know, has a list of items for them to work on. Maybe financially you're not in a position to do that. That's what's so great about sitting down maybe with a couple of realtors, one being an agent that maybe has some sort of financial backing. I know, Chris, you've experienced this in the past where you'll have a seller that, you know, they really want to get the most out of their home. However, financially, they don't have, you know, the backing for right. that. Mm-hmm. What have you done? Yeah, yeah, we've, we, we have a program that we borrow money to them. Um, and it just goes against the house and we get it paid back at closing. But it's it's in that situation where people, you know, need that little help. And it is. It's like a garage floor that's crumbling badly. If you don't do that, that could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars because of people's mindset. So it might not be just the garage floor. It's the foundation is falling down. And when they start thinking the foundation's falling down, then it's 25000 that you're going to lose rather than that, you know, depending on how big that garage floor is, you know, three to $6,000. So I think that's that's important, right, Andy? Yeah, you know the Chris. I, I, so I want to touch back to where Steve was, you know, leading off with talking about like the when you list a house or they offer you like a guaranteed sale at the end, or you know, should I do the improvements or sell it as is and make it easy? And it, it comes down to where one of the questions, the key questions I would be asking these guaranteed uh, deals or you know uh, companies is, you know, what percentage of your houses have you actually bought under your guaranteed sale program? Because I just think it's such a false um, expectation or solution. And, and people, I'm telling you guys, it's under 1%. So what these guys are doing is they're using marketing techniques to get in front of consumers before everybody else. Statistically, 85% will hire the first agent they sit in front of. And so they know that odds are in their favor when they offer something like that, knowing that they never have to perform. So it's, it's just a, I just, I think some of those programs are what gives real estate agents bad names in this industry. And then you look at like a guy like Chris Rooney, um, that'll personally finance your home improvements to help you get more equity in your pocket, which I believe then is, uh, you should be rewarded for that, Chris. That is a, a very, Good practice. Yeah, thank you. It's Karn's money, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm going to use Cammy. Right. I think yeah, Cammy's <laughs> money, exactly. You know, I think it is, uh, you know, another, th- uh, getting back to kind of that traditional agent, I think what happens a lot with agents is that sometimes they just got to learn to be quiet too and, and when to listen, you know, because I'll tell you what, you can find out so much from people. Uh, when you just when you just listen, and, and whether that's in negotiations or that you're you're trying to work with them to be able to sell their house, and if and if 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 I'm just you know preaching exactly, hey, this is what I do, and you know, kind of like the opposite of what we said, hey, you know what, I'll borrow you the money, you can do that. No, Chris, I just want out of here, you know, and I'm not listening, you know, I'm out the door, you know. So you got to re- 
be able to adapt to people and what, and what their situations are. I mean, we find that a lot. You know, I was going to say to I know um, Cami and I know Andy has some experience with it is internet leads. How do you how do you juggle those and and, and work with those type of people that are going that route? Sure, Andy, I'll let you go first. Well, you know, it's just it's a different place where people are at. I think it's it's just like anybody else. They're trying to do research. They're looking for properties. They're curious. What do, you know, properties sell for in this area? And so when we call it an internet lead, I think it's more of that's the location where we're meeting that person for the first time. We're meeting them online. And so it is a different relationship. It's not a, what I would consider like a, Hey, they can appreciate my, you know, enthusiasm or whatever. Um, Cause it is online. So in that case, being informative, um, helping people with the things they can't find on Google is very important. And then the idea there is that if you take good care of them, eventually uh, they want to sit down and have a cup of coffee and maybe uh, go out there and look at houses or sell their house. Yeah. To piggyback on what you said, it's like the it, basically when we're you know fielding an internet internet lead or maybe it's some sort of lead from whatever source it may be. Um, for me, it's just an opportunity to sit down and figure out what got them interested in this type of home. Or, you know, what's important to them during this home buying search or, or home selling search for themselves. Um, yeah, but basically, anytime I take on a lead like that, it's just a good opportunity to find out the more the why behind it. And also, um, it's an opportunity for that, for me to be able to showcase what I know about that local area. I think some people would say, you know, this day of security and stuff like that. And uh, oh, from sure. a woman's perspective, um, meeting these people and say, I mean, most of them are, hey, I want to, sh- I want to see this house at this time, and you meet them at that house. What what protections, Karen? Do you, I mean, do you guys use? For well, that? it's probably best to first meet them in an office setting and get to know them and just verify that they're the person they said that they were before meeting them at a house all alone. How about like, uh, you know, there's a text question here about you see a lot of tire kickers at open houses, but I mean, that's a situation that if you're at an open house, we have no idea who's coming in that door. We, we can't meet them before they might be coming in. Right. And uh, you don't, how, do you, how do you handle that, Cami? I know for myself, I sit in a lot of open ho- houses, you know, two to four a weekend. Um, and I always have, whether it be another realtor sit with me or a loan officer that I do a lot of business with that sits in the open house with me. I also think it's important when somebody enters the home, you greet them immediately and ask them to check in for security reasons. So that lets them know that, hey, you know, in order to enter this home, we need you to check in. Now, are we checking driver's license? No. <laughs> but, you know, it just kind of lets them know and acknowledge that you're aware of them in the home. Now, Andy, you have bodyguards. How does that work? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> no, the, you, but you guys, it's kind of a, you know, the other thing from a consumer's perspective, I'm listening when we say like phrases like internet lead. And, and that's obviously a real estate term that we use loosely in our industry as, you know, a customer that's looking to buy or sell a house. Um, and it's, it's something that it's kind of a cold approach, just like it's cold on the other side. They don't really care. They want information. They're not looking for an agent at that point in time. And it just, there's, again, it comes back to where, how do agents and the consumer meet together? Sometimes it's online. Sometimes it's at an open house. Sometimes it's off of a referral. And it really, as a consumer, you want to sit down, take the time to understand what value does this agent add, agent add in my process of buying, um, do I enjoy their time? Because you end up spending a lot of time together. And if, you know, up front, you're like, oh, boy, this, this guy drives me crazy. 
um, they're going to drive you crazy all the way through, and there's a lot of agents out there that won't. So keep looking if you don't find that perfect agent. We have much more here on the Real Estate Show. Andy Prasky, Chris Rooney, and, of course, Cammie Gerald and Karen Mindak in studio today. We still have time if you have a call or a text, 651-989-9226. It is the Real Estate Show. Saturdays between 10 and 11. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky today. Karen Mindak, Cami Gerald in studio as well today. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. I'll be at the fair next Saturday. Do you want to go to the text line? Well, I was just going to say, we, I, the text line also comes on my phone. Uh-oh. I get lots of texts. People, people I don't remember me talking about that wood bench I built? Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got harassed on that thing. I'm going I'm to take a picture of that and put it on our site. But... Uh, hey, uh, what a, a lender that's with us a lot, Travis Whitford. Um, he, he was actually going to switch uh, to this weekend show because he was doing last weekend, and uh, they just had a baby, Zoe Faith, born at six fifty two. So he wouldn't have made the radio show. Nice, congratulations! Yeah, congrats to him. So I know we got some uh, text messages going here. Nineteen sixty five home. It's a one and a half story. You got hot water boiler heat, no AC. They're considering adding a mini split AC. What should we expect as the value that this might add to our home's value? Cammie. I think it. Oh, Andy. Great. You don't sound like Cammie. No, go ahead, Andy. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh Andy, Andy and Cammie. Cammie, I didn't realize how familiar our names sound, but, right. yeah. but <laughs> I like it. Go ahead, Cammie. You take the question. Sorry. Um, as far as the increase. Yeah. Um, what do you think? That'll help their value? Oh, Substantially. Hot water heat. Do you think it putting an AC in will help? I do, especially, you know, given that we're in a we're in a state where we have extreme heat and extreme cold. So it's really nice if you can have something when your people are checking off the list. What is it gonna increase your value? Andy, what do you think the value would would increase if somebody were to, you know, put in the AC? In the AC? You know, anywhere anywhere from eight to probably twelve thousand dollars um is is about what they run, you know, for something like that. A split unit can be done sometimes for less if you do just uh, like a specific part of the house. But um, I think if you're going to do it, do it right. Maybe even do one of the drop systems. You know, if you have a nice attic area and you can do a drop AC system. Uh, my brother did one, uh, and his he's in a converted um, property over in Kenwood where it's like a big old mansion, and each floor has its own AC, and they use the high-velocity AC system, and it works really, really cool. I'll tell you what, sometimes what I think is it depends on what the rest of the house looks like. Because sometimes, you know, the option, obviously, to uh, um, is a window air conditioner or a wall unit to be able to do that and or maybe selling towards the winter. But if you've got a great house, you might not need that to do it because someone will always say, hey, we can always put in air conditioning. So to me, it kind of depends what you're what else you're doing with that. Sure. It, we we may- do that a lot, don't we, Karen? We talk about – I mean, that's a big thing we do is is make sure – that they're spending the money in the right areas. Yeah, absolutely. I think you want to see the house and see where they're at for sure. Yeah, and I would assume that's true with the furnace as well. If you've got that old, scary gravity feed thing down, mm-hmm. I mean, the octopus. HVAC is a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's, we always call that the octopus. Well, and especially if you, have a, if you have a newer first-time home buyer, they may have never had a home with something of that age. And so understanding the complexity 
that they may feel that that home, you know, with, with something those older furnaces are, um, is a little bit challenging. And you could maybe not get, every, you know, as many buyers as interested in the home. And remember, typically all these deals are contingent upon inspection. Correct. So if they don't think it's a big deal, that inspector might, which mm-hmm. now the, they've got the home tied up and it might cost you some money after That's the fact. That's a good point, Chris. Yeah, so kind of thinking about. What do you guys think? Uh, how 2019 is going to kind of end up and how we're going to lead into 2020? Andy, what do you think? Um, rates still stay at historical lows. And so if you ever wanted to upgrade, I don't think I've ever seen a better opportunity to upgrade for a couple reasons. First time home buyer or entry level under 350 is so hot. You're going to sell your existing house before you even know what you're doing. And when you're buying into that upper price range right now, I'm actually seeing some softening of, of prices above that uh, 500. So I'm that on that market's getting real honest right now. So it's a great time to get a house at a very fair price and and then, you know, secure the lowest uh, payments that I think you'll see for a long, long time to come. What do you guys feel? You ladies feel? I'm yeah. going to echo what Andy just said. Um, I think 2019 will, will, you know, continue to stay strong. Um, inventory is still out there, which we it's a little bit more than, you know, obviously it was this time last year. Um my only concern is the lack of new inventory, whether it be new construction. It's from my experience and all the articles that we've been reading lately is that, you know, um, it's just really challenging to find laborers in the new construction market. Um, so people have something to transition into. We all know that in the existing market, too. Trying to get people over to fix stuff right. and, and get in is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Karen, what do you think? 2020? I agree with both of your statements. I I think it's going to be a, still a strong end to 2019. I I think the interest rates being where they're at is just getting buyers out there looking and a great opportunity. And typically with the fall, we start we start picking up. People mm-hmm. get their kids in school and they start kind of looking again. Summer activities slow down. And now with the rates being as low as they are, and then maybe some people that have been sitting for a little while here through June and July are going to start reducing some prices. And I think they're going to get some really good some really good opportunities. I think so, too. I think it's going to end really strong. Well, good to meet uh, Karen and Cammy, Karen Mendak and Cammy Gerald in studio. Of course, Chris Rooney here today. Andy Prasky on assignment today, but joining us for the entire hour. Always great, Andy. Thanks. Thank you. All right, there he is. Uh, Andy and Chris once again at the fair with Denny starting next Saturday morning. I know, I know. We'll be there. You know, if you guys want to get like a hold of everyone here, it's go to andyandrooney.com, andyandrooney.com. That's the easy way to go, andyandrooney.com. It is a real estate show each and every Saturday morning between 10 and 11 a.m. here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.